0: Hello and welcome back to A to Z with Amy Z. I'm your host, Amy Z. I'm so excited to share a friend that's like my twinsy me. Um, We've just started geeking out on each other like the last five to seven years. And now I think we're just going to cut our fingers and be blood sisters forever. (laughs) Welcome, Jordan. So I wanted to have you on not only because it's just fun to talk to you like we could, we've talked about almost everything from like sex to like herbs to everything because you're as crazy crunchy as me. But not only that, like I feel like I can tell you anything, even if you're like, oh, she's fucking lost it. It, I still feel like you'd get it and you wouldn't judge me. So I love you. you. I love your story. I love all things that you are. Um, but specifically today, I was really interested in wanting to understand more of your diagnosis with lupus and how that's changed you and your life and what it looked like and all that thing. So if you want to start with just, yeah, start with your story. I'd love to hear more. And I know our listeners do too. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm <laughs> excited. <laughs>
1: um, <clears throat> yeah. I, funnily enough, I realized today, this morning, that um, this is.
0: Can we start over? Because yeah. I gotta take this. Yeah. Yeah. So Jordan, can you just describe to us or tell us what that was like? What was going on in your body? How did you know something wasn't right? That ultimately led up to your diagnosis.
1: Sure. I was diagnosed with lupus in January of two thousand three so funnily enough i realized this morning that this is the 20th anniversary oh my gosh I was you know 20 years ago i was just released from the hospital with a diagnosis and a new a new life ahead of me that i didn't even know was coming
0: oh hospital
1: i was 24 years old um i had been sick for almost a year by then I'd been bounced around to a bunch of different doctors, everyone telling me that there was nothing wrong with me.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Um, I was 98 pounds. I couldn't breathe. Um, I would (gasps) like walking from my bedroom to the bathroom. Okay. Um, But you're not asthmatic? I had no. Okay. I had a crazy cough. Um, My hands were really swollen. My joints hurt. My body hurt. Yet somehow there was nothing wrong with me. Yeah, at 24. Right. Um, So I was sent to radiology for a chest X-ray to see if I had pneumonia. Okay. And the girl who took my X-ray said, okay, have a seat in this room and the doctor will come talk to you. Which I thought was really weird because normally in X-rays they're like, thanks so much. Have a great day. Mm -hmm. So the doctor came in and said that I had a life-threatening amount of fluid sitting on my lungs, collapsing them.
0: Oh, my. And I was
1: only using the top 15%, which was why I couldn't breathe. Oh, my gosh. And he said, so you need to go to the hospital, like, right now. And I was like, well, I can't. I have to go back to work.
0: And he was like. Oh, my (laughs) gosh.
1: You don't understand. You're not going back to work. Yeah. He said it would be better for you to lose your job than to not go to the hospital right now. And ethically, I can't let you leave unless you promise me that you're going to go. Because otherwise, I'm calling an ambulance.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Right. That's like cold water in oh the my, face. Yeah. Like, oh. um, so I called my mom and she said, come, you know, I was up in North Scottsdale and she said, come to the hospital close to me, just in case they admit you. And I spent 14 days in the hospital, a third of which was in the ICU.
0: Oh, my gosh she went from, like, work going, you know, I just don't quite feel right. <laughs> I think I'm going to go to urgent care real quick now. Next thing you know, you're in ICU. Damn. Right. Um, oh, my gosh. What a shocker for a young person to have to deal with.
1: It really was. Um,
0: and so at this point, I was still in total,
1: like, disbelief, you know. Um, well, I guess in the radiology office, I was in disbelief. And in the hospital, I was somewhat of an anomaly. I was young, yet I was presenting with all of these symptoms that were confusing to people. So I had a team of about five different doctors, and then they brought in about 10 medical students to like study me because I was Oh, oh lovely, so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one could really figure it out. I was tested for HIV. I was screened for cancers. I was tested for valley fever. Um, and finally, my mom found a rheumatologist that would come to the hospital and okay. see me because I was kind of hard to do, get doctors that okay. don't work at the hospital to come there. And he came, assessed me, and he was like, yeah, this is lupus. So it was it was him, he, that diagnosed me with systemic lupus erythematosus.
0: Wow. And you see, you still your doctor now? Do you he was s- my
1: doctor for 15
0: years uh-huh. until he retired
1: in 2018. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yikes. I can't even imagine what that's like at such a young age. Actually, people are wondering, oh, should I switch my major? Or um, <laughs> what's my sexuality? Or, you know, it's like, those are big questions. However, this is like, holy shit, your life is changing and it's going to get real hard. Shit's getting real right now at 24.
1: I mean, the truth of it is, is if it had happened 200 years ago, I would have died at 24, Yeah. but Western medicine for all of its shortcomings, Uh (laughs) other areas,
0: (laughs) which we'll get into in a bit. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, In that regard. And in that situation, they were able to save my life. Um, They drained two liters of fluid of my Like rib cage area. Oh my god! The first night I was in the ER, and then they did
0: that same procedure
1: four more times.
0: Oh my gosh! Because it just kept refilling. Um, So, wondering, were you predisposed, or did anybody else in your family have a similar or a diagnosis the same? So
1: my my father was a Vietnam vet and was exposed to some pretty nasty shit over there. Mm. He died when I was a teenager of lymphoma. He okay. I believe he died as a result of his toxic exposure from sure. the war, as well as emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Those two things together gave him a pretty intense cancer that killed him very young. Wow. My my mother's father had cerebral palsy, which is not a disease. It's a neurological condition that's a result of a brain injury when you're mm-hmm. born. Mm-hmm. So not a disease per se, but... He then fathered a child, having had that lifelong affliction, who then it was my mother. And I am a firm believer in generational effect. As am Um, I. For all the nerds out there, that's like affect with an A, not Mm -hmm. with an E. Mm -hmm. Um, So my mom has an autoimmune disease. She has Hashimoto's. Oh, really?
0: She does. Okay, we could have a whole other podcast on that one. That's uh, yes. Okay, keep going. I love this. So
1: the genes were there. I came into this world with the genes. Gotcha. For things to go haywire, if conditions presented themselves, and in my life, they those conditions ideal for turning on those genes to make lupus take over my body. um,
0: They were given the perfect conditions. Yeah. Um, epigenetics we could talk about that on another podcast too it just in and of itself the dynamics that we are born into that the society and our lifestyles have created amongst that and then how we handle it how it could better or be better or worse like yeah absolutely. yeah there's a lot of dynamics a lot of different things floating in our universe that yeah it's choice it's choice in how we handle it it's choice in how we move forward and i I love you so much for how you've <laughs> taken it and how you've handled it, how it's yeah, um, you don't see it as a shortcoming. You see it as a challenge. And you're like, fuck me. Let's do this. Ta- let's let's handle it. Let's get let's get this party started. Like, you're not going to take me down. We're going to fight. We're going to battle to the end. That is. Well, OK, so something you said to me in the car the other day that I I just love it because. It just shows that strength is somebody had said to you, oh, my cousin got lupus and they were dead in two months. And you're like, F off, man. Yeah. And then you're like, and then I hit 30 and I wasn't supposed to make it to 30. Hey, look at me. And then you hit 40 and you're like, now, now what? Because I wasn't supposed to make it to 40. I'm like, let's rock on. Let's do this. Like, we're going to die old together, girl. <laughs> we're going to easily be in our 90s and be like flipping people off as we're in our grave. I'm like, seriously, like... I love it. I love that passion and that inspiration that you're like, you were given a diagnosis, basically a death sentence at that time. Absolutely. And you have done nothing but thrive and make it you better, make your relationships better, make your environment better. I mean, I, I just love what you're doing in life in general, regardless of the lupus, like who you, who you are and who you've become. I think that's um, critical for a lot of us that we are all going to be faced with something, multiple things we have choices you're gonna make it better are you gonna make it a better situation are you gonna make the best of it because you're gonna hit another one anyway so you might as well learn from it and grow from it and be different for it instead of being defeated by it and you you are winning you are winning winning so let's talk about how you manage it now and what you've done to prolong your life a good 20 years um all right
1: uh, how I manage it now is um, with diet and a lot of emotional therapy mm. because I, I believe that my lupus genes were kind of brought to life in this world from complex emotional trauma, back-to-back-to-back mm-hmm. to back to back traumatic events, um, being a young person and not really being modeled at how to deal with mm. emotional trauma um i fail you on that one so um emotional therapy has played a big part in my ability (laughs) to manage my disease um diet is huge obviously um self-talk is huge Mm -hmm. obviously um the balance of rest and exercise okay sometimes when i'm flaring which is you know for those who don't know is what it's called when your disease kind of becomes more active Mm -hmm. it's flaring when it quiets
0: down and leaves you alone for a little bit it's in remission that's just a little lingo for you can you tell us a day like what does flare look like if you like let's say you just wake up and you're like crap i knew i did too much yesterday or i drank too much or i ate crap at a holiday party or whatever it is like how what does that look like for you is it migraines is it what what goes on for
1: me it manifests as hives oh so i'll be covered in hives oh lord jesus it manifests in um just systemic swelling so my hands will swell my joints will swell my knees will swell i won't be able to walk or um you know put my arms up over my head to put my clothes on in the morning oh my gosh that kind of thing okay so it's just like a generalized toxicity basically okay and that can come from excess of food and drink, like you said, or it come could come from excess of emotional stress. It could come from pushing myself um, too hard physically, mm-hmm. too quickly, um, if I'm out of shape.
0: <laughs> Which you aren't. I think you look amazing.
1: <laughs> I think you look amazing. Um, so... I manage with those things. Okay. Yoga is a big, has been a big part of my life, my whole life. Herbs, of course, are a big part of my life, um, because what you put in your mouth matters.
0: Yeah, so you are what you eat. Definitely, and if you eat healthy, you're going to be healthy for sure. And
1: growing my own food at home and growing my own medicine at home, um, you're eating food that's still alive. You're eating food that has soil on it still that you're building. Um, and I think that that's a big part of wellness also i mean there's a big difference between like kale that you pick in the morning and eat it while it's still alive and those Mm -hmm. cells are metabolizing Mm -hmm. and photosynthesizing and all the things and kale that you buy you know at the grocery store that came from wherever from
0: california got shipped all over the country it's It's been sitting in a box for a week yeah yeah i'm i i can't say enough about gardening and, and my own food i eating vitality matters oh my gosh just like eating hanging out in the backyard vitality. yeah mm-hmm. and just oh i'm gonna pop this tomato in my mouth yeah. or as right now you've got sweet peas we're gonna pop a sweet pea and some lettuce <laughs> in our mouth like it's it's just amazing to Absolutely. me it, like hands on so um i'm not sure that answered your question no you oh my gosh no we're this is amazing this has been so this is so good and i no, I guess another question that I have for you is especially as a 24-year-old gal who's being diagnosed. That's typically at the time that people are partying, they're overdoing it, they're whatever. So how did you manage a social life in and amongst that? Like, did you just like cut yourself off from people? Did they understand or were you just like Was that a struggle? Was that whole transformation of being a 24 year old, but really needing to act more like a 40 year old in how you? I mean, am I? Is it making sense? Like your social life, basically. My social life at the
1: time, um, I was a typical 24 year old. I was, you know, drinking and clubbing and smoking and doing all the things. Um, You know, I got sicker and sicker and sicker as that year progressed, and then by the time. I was hospitalized, I was, you know, I was sick enough that I was going to work and coming home and that was it. So you were stopping cold turkey
0: anyway, because your body was just like, I'm done with this.
1: Yeah. Um, And then I was released from the hospital on a massive dose of steroids, Uh because that's how they treat autoimmune disease. Um, And so I came out of the hospital and spent the next five years of my life. Totally just roided out on steroids. And I did a lot of things in that time that I wish I hadn't done because Mm -hmm. I was a medicated version of myself that was not who I really was. It was a chemically altered version. Gosh. Um, And how many humans are walking around that way all the time? So many so, so many. And it wasn't until I took the you know, decade that it took to wean myself off of those medications that I was able to look back at that time in my life, recognize that I was a chemically stimulated version of myself and that that I was I felt kind of robbed of that time. Sure. Because from 25 to 30, you know, I was this almost unrecognizable version of myself. <laughs> There's a lot of shame wrapped up in that that's okay did that have work on my self-forgiveness all the time
0: i yeah yeah i i feel you i hear you like almost daily i'm like amy it's gonna be okay you are wise you are smart you it's (laughs) like that um the snl skit i am no or there's the movie i am kind i is important you know Mm -hmm. like I, i don't i know i botched that up but yeah we do it's very important to stay positive in our own minds first before we can move forward in a lot of other things, so did you lose friendships? Did you find out the real side of people in the midst of that? How was that transformation outside of your bodily transformation? How was your friendships and your relationships with people? I did lose some friendships actually. Now that
1: you mention it, um, but I've come to realize that that's okay, yeah, and that I'm I'm okay to see those people go. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the people that I've kept in my life over the last many years have, you know, commented on how I've changed or that I'm not like I was before. And some people appreciate that about me and some people long for the old me Mm. who, you know, partied till 6 a.m. and all the things. Um, How it affects my social life now is I, you know, for the most part, um, I can pretty much mask anything. I'm a master. I'm a master master masker at masking. <laughs> I have been my whole life. That's a defense mechanism I've used my entire life. Um, and I'm really good at compartmentalizing. So if my troubles are emotional, I can just whoosh, like set that shit aside and do whatever I need to do. Sometimes it's harder to mask the physical symptoms. So if I'm limping that day, or if you know, my hands are so swollen that they don't function that day mm. and the Sometimes I stay home from things because Mm -hmm. of that. Like sometimes I'll just have to outright cancel because I'm like, I I don't feel well enough to go. Um, Sometimes in a social party situation, I won't eat what's offered because that's not a good choice for me. Mm -hmm.
0: Or I like what you said the other day, mm -hmm. too. You have the no thank you portion. (laughs) I do. (laughs) How can I move this about my plate and make it look like I ate some (laughs) of it? Yeah, I love that.
1: Um, and the same with drinking. Sometimes I, you know, I'm in a place where I can have cocktails and I'll be fine and whatever. And some days I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to drink today. And, um, some people are more understanding of that than Mm -hmm. others. Some Mm -hmm. people don't feel like they're having a good time unless everyone's drunk. That's so sad. I'm a good time everywhere I go. That's right, baby. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't have to be drunk to be a good time. Um. So. I, I feel like, okay, so a couple points. I feel like at least now we're in a, a spot in our life, in our, gener- in our culture, let's say, that we're allowed to be free and be who we are. There's always going to be the exception to the rule where somebody's offended or, you know, they, you know, like they can't have sure. it. But I love that we're able to make those choices now with less restriction or with less... um judgment upon us for making those decisions. And I forgot the second thing I was going to say, so we'll just ignore that one. Yeah. (laughs) But geez, girl, we could seriously talk all day. We would have weeks and weeks and weeks of information. I love being around you. Personally, I just love how much gusto you have for life and how you want to live each and every moment. Well, you're in the present. Every single moment, that is something I desire for myself to be more like. So I'm loving that we have time together to get to know each other. And you hopefully will rub off of me in that way. You mean so much to me. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and being on the show with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Listen up to the next episode. about Jordan's lupus diagnosis and how she manages it naturally. I would love for you to rate and review the show, share with a friend, and spread the love. Leave a comment in Instagram with show ideas, questions, or comments, or email me at a to z with amy z at gmail.com. And if you love what you hear and you want more, consider buying me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash a to z with amy z. Bye-bye.